Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104. It's Room 104. Cormac and Saoirse here with you. Uh, great news for ladies and terrible news tonight for men. Well, not really great news for ladies. I mean, we kind of do like you guys. We hope that you stay around a little bit longer. You are useful at times. <laughs> at times, maybe they're getting rare, but I believe it, women on average live longer than men anyway, don't they? They do. And I'm not really sure about whether more baby girls are born per year versus baby boys, I'm not too sure. But I think we do kind of, on average, outlive you guys. Unless you're married. I think marriage is the one thing that takes a few years off your life expectancy. But like, if you were to stay single, great news. You'll obviously wind up living on average longer. But from a species point of view, it turns out that you might be here far longer than men. Uh, And this is in relation to research that came out looking at the, the XX chromosomes and the XY. And it turns out that maybe the male side of things might be shrinking and and might be disappearing. And to terrify yourself, um, especially you know, if you're a man listening tonight now, we might be going extinct. That's the sensationalist headline we're going with. But to talk to a little bit more about that, uh, the specifics, should we be terrified? Should we be, you know, absolutely breaking it going to bed this evening? We're delighted to welcome onto the show from the University of Kent, the Professor of Genetics, Professor Darren Griffin, sir. How are things? Very, very well. Thanks very much. How are you? Yeah, we're good. So, Darren, what exactly have you found in your research? Well, I have to say that for for all the research you do in your life, uh, it's very bemusing that this constantly becomes somewhat of a of a media story. So, say is that men per se are not disappearing whatsoever. That's um, that's an extrapolation that uh, you good folks <laughs> in the uh, in the media like to like to make. What might be disappearing however, is the bit that that makes us male, our Y chromosome. So back um, something like 1,600 million years ago, our X and our Y chromosomes were very similar sizes. And the the bit that we hang on that, that makes us male has, has got slowly um, shorter over time, and it's lots bits, of, lots bits of DNA. Now, in terms of going to bed tonight and being, shall we say, somewhat worried, I wouldn't worry. Because um, the earliest it will be is it'll be about four point six million years. <laughs> they leave that out of the headline, though, don't they? Uh, they do indeed. Yes, and you know, quite frankly, if the Y chromosome disappears, the guys will still be around and we'll grow another one. There you go. We're <laughs> that stubborn. We'll be like, fine, get rid of that one. We'll, we'll grow ourselves a new one. Don't need that one. It'll be a W chromosome. We'll invent a new letter. It'll be happy days. Job done. Oh well, birds um, have a W chromosome, so that, they, oh, that could well happen. There you go. Yeah. Cormac is a bird. I'll tell you what, that was genius. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Look at that. It's already done for us. We can continue on. Although I don't know if we want to be, you know, we, we've had COVID. There's been the avian flu before. I don't know if we want to cross paths with an, a, a bird species just yet until we sort this out. But what um, exactly, like in, in basic terms, I know it's obviously not as basic, but the difference between XY and XX, what does the Y uh, chromosome do? What is its importance? So basically, it, it's hung on to all things male. So uh, the the gene that makes us male, uh, so-called SRY, and a whole bunch of genes that are involved in testicular function and maleness in and of itself. Now, the reason why it won't uh, go anywhere is that we think that those genes are really fundamental to life and there are an awful lot of good reasons why we want to maintain a 50-50 sex ratio. So if the Y chromosome itself does go, these important genes will find their way onto another chromosome. And there's some evidence of that happening in, uh, in, vers- in a couple of species of rodents. So spiny rats and also mole voles have, have done this. Um, but when people start asking, is it going to happen in humans? Uh, there's a bit of a debate. So about half the community think it will and about half the community think it won't. And of course, none of us will be around to find out. But why is it over time getting a little bit faded? Yeah, I mean, it's a very, very good question. And in many ways, we can can describe it but explaining it is a little bit harder so what we think has happened is that um it's really quite an advantage to be able to to hang on to the um the the sex determining genes on one of our chromosomes rather than with the rest of our chromosomes they like to interchange uh, bits of information it's called recombination now once that lack of mutual support happens one of the chromosomes starts to lose just ever such a tiny amount now the more it loses the more it wants to lose so it gets into this little bit of a spiral of losing more and more but what some group in the States have discovered is that, well, it gets to a certain point where it really, really puts the brakes on. It said, right, we've lost enough now. We want to hang on to this, um, uh, the few genes that we've got left. And then these mutual support mechanisms, it starts forming what they call palindromes. So you think of a palindrome in English is like a word like madam or strap on no parts. It's basically something that reads backwards and forwards in exactly the same way. And that allows it just to sort of self-support, if you like, without the, the support of the, of the X chromosome there. So um, that's the way in which we describe it. But will it just fall off the edge anyway? Or has it successfully put the brakes on? That's the thing that we argue about. So it, it comes down to a, a little bit of cytogenetics, genetics of the cell that we think is, is interesting, but somehow it gets extrapolated. And like you say, the headline comes out, you know, are males disappearing? Well, we're not. Could you, um, let's say in four, well, I suppose it's a stupid question, in four and a half million years, if we're even still around after the end of 2020, that'll be a miracle which we'll all celebrate. But if in four and a half million years, this chromosome would change um, and maybe disappear and even another one would replace it or evolve or whatever, would there be, could you envisage any big physical noticeable changes or would this just be on, I said, the DNA level that it wouldn't really extrapolate out to big noticeable changes? Yeah, so so on one on one level, in 4.6 million years, we will look very different to what, what we, we look like now. Um, mm. If you think about 4.6 million years ago, what we looked like was, was, was very ape-like. So how we will look in another 4.6 million years, 
who knows, but it will be something different. But in terms of fundamentally having males and females, well, if we look at our mole voles and our spiny rats, well, they don't look that much different from other male and female rodents, even though they've lost their Y chromosomes. So this fundamental right. of having two sexes, biological sexes, we will still be the same, we think. But will we be different? Well, yeah, almost certainly. And in terms of like masculinity, like testosterone and so on, will will men be more like women? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, th- there's no evidence that these um, uh, these spiny rats and the mole voles are, are any more or less masculine than their other counterparts that retain their Y chromosome. So uh, I would guess not. So um, if you've just tuned in, by the way, um, we're talking about the Y chromosome is disappearing and that's the shock headline to pull you in. So if you're a man, you're going to disappear. You're not though, but this is a genetic differences that are happening 4.5 million years potentially down the line we're, we're seeing that the Y chromosome is kind of getting smaller and, and changing a little bit and Professor of Genetics Darren Griffin is uh, on the line with us from the University of Kent who's an expert in this area. Now that's good to hear now that we've settled some nerves that myself and yourself and all the men listening tonight can go to bed easy this evening and leave that for uh, future generations maybe to ponder and worry about. I don't want to let you go because I imagine as you mentioned at the start this is one small piece of research that you've done over the last number of years that keeps getting uh, brought back up but for you the re- researching genetics for the last number of years what are other areas of research that you found most interesting or exciting for you uh, over the course of your career so i mean the, the couple of things that we've done uh, most recently is is we're very interested in the chromosomes of, of human embryos and how we can look at um, how abnormal we are at these very early stages of our development so for some reason that we don't quite understand when we're just a few cells old then we seem to have chromosome abnormalities all over the place but somehow we seem to sort ourselves out now if you sort of say well chromosome abnormalities are bad they lead to pregnancy loss they lead to um not even implanting or or in some cases severely affected children and we look at how many abnormalities that we have when we're eight cells three days post fertilization old then no one would ever be born now clearly a lot of us have been born and more and more of us are getting born so that fundamental question is one of the things that we're that we've been addressing quite hard the other thing that we got very interested in just the last couple of years ago is what the chromosomes of dinosaurs might look like and we had a little bit of press back in 2018 about that and it really got really quite interesting because we think that an awful lot of dinosaurs had chromosomes that were very very similar to birds and that was one of the reasons why they got so diverse so birds are dinosaurs in fact we we're pretty sure about that and we just think that um that dinosaurs probably had gazillions of chromosomes probably about 80 whereas uh, you and i have about 46 so there's two areas of evolution and reproduction uh, are the ones in which my my lab have been pushing forward in it's fascinating oh and by the way if you want to know about sex ratios uh, slightly more males are born um oh. and women live slightly longer so about the time that we're reproducing the sex ratio is about 50 50 and that's that's the point of it so uh, th- more th- boys yeah. are born i didn't realize that 1.06 was the last number i saw so slightly more 1.06 to 1 why do you think uh, is there any reason as to why there is universally such a pretty much an even split between males and females and why isn't it 70 30 in some places in the world and 80 20 in others yeah so i i think that generally speaking what tends to to happen is that when it goes out of sync 
sync, it tends to start correcting itself because you get mate competition. So in us, it's really hardwired because of the chromosomes. But in other species, uh, sex is determined by the temperature of the egg. So it's a lot more easy to control, uh, you know, just by sitting on the egg for longer. Um, and when you study those systems, you start seeing mate competition. It just becomes uh, the, the point where it's um, it, it starts to correct itself because evolutionarily, it's not in uh, a species interest to have too many males or too many females. And why do males then die on average younger than females? Well, we're back to our um, sex chromosomes again, because um, the having the two X's, uh, it tends to have that little bit of mutual support mechanism. So the, the uh. essential genes that live on the X chromosome can often get repaired by, if they're damaged, by their partner on the other X. When you've got this wimpy little Y chromosome, there's nothing there to to uh, to repair it. So uh, we just tend the cells just tend to live a little bit longer uh, as a result, which means that the organisms like yourself uh, live a little bit longer as well. Wow! So technically, women are built slightly better. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that feels good. Just, just look across thing. the studio and look in the mirror, and you'll get an answer there. <laughs> I've been trying to avoid doing that all evening, sir. I'm just trying to remind myself. <laughs> but, but, but was I wrong, Cormac? Was I wrong? No, of course you not wrong you are absolutely 100% correct uh, here this evening but but listen it, it pleasure speaking to you this evening Professor Griffin talking about uh, thankfully how we're not going extinct and, and a lot of other things um, do you guys have any uh, website or social media handles that people can either follow some of the work that you publish if you want to look at my my Twitter handle it's at uh, Prof Desi so um, uh, please do do follow that and if you just stick me into Google you might see some of the press releases particularly the, the dinosaur stuff we've written a lot about that recently so um and then some of the things that we're doing, we'd like to do in the future is start doing some biobanking, see if we can preserve species uh, a little bit more. And uh, if we can get our work into a bit more conservation areas, we'd be very happy. Brilliant. Brilliant. Amazing. Well, uh, Darren Griffin, Professor of Genetics, University of Kent. Thanks a million for speaking with us on FM 104 this evening. OK, thank you, guys. Take care. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.